0: Welcome to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan, where we're going to cast and blast you right out of this world with some of the best hunting and fishing stories that you can't even imagine.
1: This is John Hennigan, and we also have Frank Selby on the line with this. Hey, Frank. Yeah. Uh, hey, I just got back last night from a conference in <laughs> Sonoma County. Yeah. And I got to tell you, I, it's the first time I've been there. What a beautiful place. And we went out uh, with uh, Captain Rick Powers out of Bodega Bay on the New Angle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was kind of iffy whether we go out or not because, uh, you know, the wind blows a lot up there. But, you know, because we're VIPs, he decided to go anyway, right? Yeah. And, and uh, it was a little windy, but it wasn't bad. We just headed north instead of south to leave so that we'd have the wind behind us on the way back. But we got limits, 10 rock cod each, 2 ling cod each. And apparently that's pretty normal for him. And in a couple of weeks when salmon season opens, you know, you get ten rock cod, two ling cod, and two king salmon.
2: Wow, that sounds really fun.
1: No, it's an incredible fishery.
2: Yeah.
1: Have uh, you
3: ever caught a...
2: One question. Have you ever caught a black salmon? What's a black salmon? That's what I wanted to find out. Well, I've never heard
1: of that. I know, you know, and every salmon normally has two names. You know, like Mm -hmm. the king and the Chinook, uh, the silver in, uh, which is a, what is a silver? It's a, uh, and then the pink, which is a humpy, and the chum, which they've renamed, uh, and the (laughs) the sockeye, or the, but uh, black, I've never heard of.
2: Yeah, uh it's uh up way up in Canada and I was just wondering if it was a one year uh sockeye.
4: Oh,
1: no, oh, well yeah, the the small uh uh kings they call them jacks that they're yeah. really, only a year old. So maybe, I don't know.
2: I don't know, but uh, I, I was talking to a friend of mine that has a lodge out there. Okay,
1: Frank, Frank, we got to go. But okay. we want to remind people about our trip at, uh, towards the end of September to uh, Baja East Cape. Uh, it's 850 bucks, and it's going to be a fun, fun time. So pay attention, and maybe we'll be able to talk about it later. You are listening to Fish Out Talk Radio. Thank you.
7: Catch them shallow, I can catch them deep, muddy water on the back of the creek, wind and rain and me, it's all the same, I make a living playing this game, and I thank the Lord above every time I can, I get to be a man. I can catch them shallow, I can catch them deep, muddy water roll the back of the creek, wind and rain and me, it's all the same, I make a living playing this game, and I thank the Lord above every time I can, I get to be a fisherman. man.
0: Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Henneken This is John Hennigan, and this is Fish Hunt Talk Radio. We
1: have on the line with us. Uh Okay. okay. <laughs> We've got, we got all kinds of people on the line. We have Tim, uh, who is, a, um, I guess, kind of in charge of operations for Sonoma County Tourism. And we also have Rick Powers that I went fishing with the other day. So we're going to be talking about a uh, little bit about Sonoma County, but uh, hopefully we'll try and get some information out there. But first of all, Tim. Yes. I have to thank you guys very much for being the host city for the Outdoor Writers Association. We went up Saturday, came back yesterday. And, uh, wow, you know, everybody knows Sonoma County grows wine, right? But there's a lot there. And I'd like to introduce Rick Powers, who we went fishing with, and... That is such an incredible fishery up there. It was about 10 years ago, salmon fishing. and got a huge one. But uh, that fishery up there is absolutely incredible. Now, um, Rick, are you on the
4: line? I am.
1: Well, I have to say, when we were, he goes, we're going to get limits of rock cod and ling cod, which is 10 rock cod and, and 2 ling cod today. He says, if we don't we don't go back in (laughs) so we wanted to go back in so we got our limits all around the boat everybody got limits and uh the uh and he goes well too bad you're not up here in a week or two because in addition to the ten rock cod the two link cod we could have got you two kings (laughs) And, and i believe he was serious
2: Absolutely. We have some fine fishing on the Sonoma Coast, and mm-hmm. uh, we try and catch them all. But we had a great day the other day. Uh, we got our limits of nice nice lingcod, limits of good quality rockfish. We will open our salmon season um, Ju- uh, June the 17th. We open salmon, and then the mm-hmm. trip that I run is a salmon-rock cod-lingcod combo. So you actually do have the ability to catch two king salmon two lingcod and ten rockfish.
1: <laughs> and I suspect a lot of your passengers do.
2: Absolutely. It's, uh, you know, it's all dictated by conditions. Yeah. And it's kind of captain's call on what, what and when and what we're fishing for, but uh, quite often we do get uh, all three species. It's, and it's a wonderful that, trip.
1: that new, uh, the, the new sea angler is an incredible, 65 feet, very comfortable. I suggest you go on a light load like we did, but uh, you can't always do that. But, and you also apparently uh, put pots down for uh, Dungeness Crab, too, sometimes.
2: Yeah, actually, you know, that's a fishery that, uh, that I kind of pioneered 30 years ago. We, uh, we started uh, Dungeness Crabbing on charter boats, and uh, just recently they have raised the limit from six Dungeness Crabs to ten Dungeness Crabs. Mm-hmm. So we normally we open our Dungeness Crab season the first week in November. And you're allowed to keep 10 crabs, 10 rockfish, 2 wing cod. The crab season goes through June. Mm-hmm. So we're just getting ready to throw some more pots out right now and uh, hopefully send our anglers home with some nice, big, jumbo, dungeness crabs, along well, with our rock cod.
1: We, we may have to go up there again. And also... Uh, uh, Tim, as I mentioned, everybody knows about the wine in Sonoma, Napa, Sonoma, Napa, mm-hmm. Sonoma, and they have incredible wines. But that's not the only reason to go there. If you want to, uh, you know, enjoy no matter where you are throughout our listening audience, which covers most of the United States and half the world, I suppose. It is definitely. Uh, right. We, we they put us up at this hotel, which is a little confusing because it's kind of morphed over the years. I think it was built in the 50s, but the uh, Flamingo, It was gorgeous, and the Bodega Bay from there is about I don't know 45 minutes maybe. But uh, you know, I, as I said I had a I drove up. Of course, that's a different story. Um, but I kept getting lost, so I saw a lot more of Sonoma County than I'd originally planned to.
8: <laughs> right, and that's, that's mission accomplished for us. We want to make sure people see as much of the county. I, I want to point out that, yes, we have 425 wineries, but that's only 6% of our total counties planted to wine grapes. Mm-hmm. There's a million acres. And uh, people like Rick out at the coast are, you know, they exemplify what makes us unique as a destination is that uh, we have the coast, we have the Redwood Forest, we have the Russian River, which is-
1: Yes, uh, well, that's an incredible fishery also. Uh, Jim, are you still there? Uh, well, well, maybe, maybe not. Um but hopefully uh Rick or Tim, are you there anyway uh let's let's go back to Rick and rick i you spend almost every day on the new sea angler. Do you ever get any uh river fishing or anything different
2: you know i you know on days off, believe it or not, I will tend to uh, fish for different species in different places. But it's usually someplace like Cabo San Lucas or Costa Rica or uh, British Columbia. But I have to tell you, you know, Tim was mentioning uh, all the wonderful opportunities for for visitors in Sonoma County. Um, Not only, at least as far as from a coastal aspect, uh, not only do we fish, but we also do a lot of things. We, we, we whale watch. Uh, we have that uh, wonderful gray whale migration from uh, the beginning of January through the end of, of April. And uh, the grays are coming up and down the coast with their young. Uh, we run whale watch trips. We run pelagic bird trips. We have a wonderful... Uh, offshore uh, sea mount called Cordell Banks, which oh, is rich, yeah. rich with life, and uh, for pelagic birders, it's it's quite the destination. So, right. yeah, not only do we just Catch salmon, rock cod, ling cod, Dungeness crabs on charter boats, but we also go out and observe
1: uh, the marine well, life. Uh, Rick, what I'd like to say is that you know we have people all over the country, and if you're planning your summer vacation, I would definitely put that near the top of the list because, like you said, the redwoods, the you know the canopy tour, the uh, there's just so much there, and it's such an incredible fishery. I didn't really realize what that was all about, and then uh, we did find. Tim again, I believe. Yep. Tim, you I'm here, yep. Okay. I am here. I don't know what happened. Must be those Chinese messing with our uh, cell service or something. But uh, uh, the there there is such a variety now of course most of the people that listen to us they want to know about what kind of fish they're going to catch and how many of them but uh, you know if you're planning a vacation then i would definitely you know put that it near the top of the list and do you have any suggestions is there a website people should go to to check it out
8: Sure. Of course, sonomacounty.com is oh, the website. Easy. Yeah, all the information's there. They can also sign up for an email, and we'll send you a visitor guide and math for free. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't stress enough that we have all the information, like, uh, you know, D.C. Angler and Rick is on our website. Um, all the different outfitters are on there, and, and we have a lot of itinerary ideas. And uh, if you're like me, that when you go fishing, I find that I, I turn to a conservationist. I just need to feed the fish bait. But um, if, if you're not catching, which you probably do, uh, mm-hmm. there's still many more things to do after you're off the boat and uh, having a good time in Sonoma County exploring yep. and hiking and checking everything else out. So, okay. yeah, SonomaCounty.com is where everything is.
1: Okay. Well, we don't have a whole lot of time. But, hey, Rick, I just wanted to mention to you, I've got a condo in Cabo San Lucas. So, oh. yeah, we got to work something out. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I do hosted trips. we got one coming up in September to, oh, uh, nice. to East Cape like to get you on. And then, uh, you know, we have taken some trips to Costa Rica, so we're going to have to talk.
2: Well, that sounds wow. great. I, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed having you guys on the boat the other day. And as Tim has stressed, you know, people that come from around the nation or even around the world to enjoy, enjoy Sonoma County. They've got the coast. They've got the redwoods. They've got the wine country. We've got it all.
1: Hey, Tim. Yes. Uh, if you're looking for uh, some additional help and promotion, I think we've got somebody here for you.
8: I think so, yeah.
2: <laughs> it's all good fun, right, yeah. There
1: you
4: go.
8: That's absolutely, absolutely.
4: Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, I'm sorry, Frank. We've been ignoring you. Uh, That's but, okay. Uh, anyway, we only got about 15 seconds, Frank. Did you have a quick question?
2: Uh, when are we going back up there?
1: <laughs> uh, hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. Maybe they'll Okay. Yeah. But uh, anyway, real quickly, it is uh, SonomaCounty.com. Check that out. And the new Sea Angler, um, which is. Gosh, I don't see a website on your card. Uh, real quickly, what is it?
2: Bodega Bay, sportfishingcom and our okay. phone number is... No, forget that.
1: Forget that. People can listen to it later. No, go ahead.
2: Yeah, 707-875-3495. And John, let's get together. Let's we'll, go. Cool. All right. We, we
1: got to go. We're out of time. But I appreciate you guys very much. And Rick, yes, we'll get together.
9: The East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parko. The Van Warmer resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. Vagabundos Del Mar Boat and Travel Club has 42 years' experience introducing our RVers to the joys of Mexico.
1: Specializing in Baja, Vagabundos leads caravans and. Spa- sponsors fishing tournaments, trailer boat cruises, and weekend getaways in Mexico and the West. Vagabundo's Del Mar also saves its 10,000 members tons of money on low-cost auto insurance. Stay up to date on Mexican travel with the printed newsletter online at V-A-G-A-B-U-N-D-O-S dot or call 800-474-Baja. Mystery Tackle Box is the most fun and affordable way to discover new lures every month. Select your target species and select your subscription length. Get your box delivered, catch more fish, it's that easy. Offering fresh and salt water, we've partnered with Fish Talk to get you a great deal. Use the promo code Fishtalk for $10 off your first subscription. Mystery Tackle Box is the original monthly lure subscription service. In fact, we've been told that it feels like Christmas once a month and you can get started for as little as 15 bucks a month. Go to MysteryTackleBox.com today. That's MysteryTackleBox.com and start getting your packages every month. This is John and I believe in Mystery Tackle Box. Go to MysteryTackleBox.com, mention Fish Talk, get a special deal and get the packages coming every month. You will be looking forward to
7: it.
0: Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan, and we
1: have, well, we've got some pretty heavy hitters out there. First of all, we got Frank Selby, world-renowned fly fishing instructor, coach, and owner of his or his fly shops, and he sells those flies to professionals all around the world. Yeah, but uh, we also have... Uh, t- uh, t- Len. Len, is it Zickler? Is that right, Mm
4: -hmm. Len? That's correct. You got it right.
1: And uh, he is CEO of Fly Fishers International. And since Frank is such a fly angler, I'm going to let you guys have a talk.
2: Thank you. Hey, Lynn, uh, how's our youth program going this year is what I wanted to ask first. But first, I'd like you to tell how they can get in touch with the FFI International.
10: Yeah, yeah, to answer your question there, uh, the best way to get a hold of us is to go to our website. So that's flyfishersinternational.org and then if you scroll down below you'll see what our con- our contact information you can send us an email uh or you can actually call us direct and uh we, i've got staff that uh, is just delighted to talk to anyone interested in fly fishers international and and get you plugged in and and uh talk to you about what we have to offer yeah. And we get out and fish once in a while.
2: <laughs> and we have some great teachers all over the United States. for children and grown-ups. And, and international. We do. I I don't believe there's a town that we do not have somebody in three or four towns around it that teaches.
10: We do. I, we um and across the United States, uh, our clubs and our councils—we have 17 councils across the United States, and we have something well over 200 clubs. And each one of those uh, will offer classes for for youth and of all ages, actually. Um, yeah, usually, with a fly rod in your hand, you want kids to be you know 10, 11, 12 years old, about as young as as you want to try to tackle. I always encourage folks to. Get kids out fishing, you know, as young as possible, three, four years old. They don't necessarily have to throw a fly, uh, but at some point um, introducing them to fly fishing is a whole other experience that they'll love. Well, I think most kids
2: started off with one of the little Donald ducks or Mickey Mouse little plastic reels and rods and caught bluegill like crazy.
10: (laughs) My boys did, yes.
2: yeah. Most of everybody I know did. My sister always said I had a fly rod in my hand before I had my bottle. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. And I love fly fishing. I love all kinds of fishing. I think it doesn't matter what kind of fishing we do throughout the United States as long as the young people
10: and us old-timers get out and do a little fishing at least a few times a year. Boy, I agree. Yeah, I think I, I always I always say if you introduce your kids to fly fishing, you've solved a lot of problems right from the very get-go. Yeah,
2: yeah I, I think if I wouldn't have had Lee Wolf and my Uncle Marion, I would have been in a probably ended up in prison because I had the biggest <laughs> chip on my shoulder in the world. <laughs> yeah. But the other thing, uh, there... W- we have a web page with all the clubs on it and at the FFF
10: in Montana, right? That is correct, yeah. Our website identifies all of our councils, and then if you're interested in getting connected with a local club, all of our clubs are listed as well. Lynn, what is so that,
1: that website? I'm sorry, this is John. What is that website?
10: That website is flyfishersinternational.org, O-R-G.
1: Okay. Well, go yep. ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt.
10: Sorry. Yeah,
2: I I started out being an FFF member when we were in West Yellowstone. Bob Jack and me were guiding. He was guiding for Bud Lilly, and I was
10: guiding for John across the street. That's when I started. Yeah, Bob is a treasure. He's one of a he's long standing member. You know what? Uh, anytime he he always comes to our annual meetings, our annual fair. This year will be in Boise, Idaho, and uh, he's 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 just full, so full of energy, and uh, you'd never guess how old he was. He just he's just a great guy, very very positive. Watch what you're saying. We're two
2: young kids, me and him.
1: You, well, you know, just a just a quick comment on that. Um, I do a lot of more blue water fishing, and pulling on a two hundred pound tuna or marlin uh, physically it can be a challenge but i 've seen i 've met a lot of friends <laughs> in their eighties uh, that go fly fishing and you know they kind of develop a different technique because of their you know, <laughs> different uh, body changes, but they can still throw it one hundred feet and catch more fish than, than uh, anybody else using bait.
10: Yeah, that's that's true. It it has nothing to do with uh, with how how big your muscles are. It has everything to do with technique. And uh, uh, great great fly fishers can cast a long ways and don't have to work very hard at it either. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't care what anybody says. As
2: long as you're out fishing, if it's a fly rod, a conventional rod, a jig rod. We have fun. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I've been out one day. They kicked the hell out of me. And the very next day, I outfished them. Mm -hmm. Fishing is fishing. And I don't care how you put it. Fishing is the most fun you can do,
10: in my opinion,
1: yeah. well, another quick comment is that you know when you 're fishing and no matter where you are in the United States, usually within an hour's drive, you can find some great spots, but when you're there uh, fishing you cannot go fishing in an ugly spot uh, and it's just just being there is worth the trip
10: that's exactly right i always i always say that uh you know a day out on the water uh, i don't care if you're waiting or, or in a boat or wherever the case may be i get my biggest enjoyment out of just being out there and enjoying nature and and it's just it's just a lot of fun i don't need to catch a lot of fish there are many many days i've got nothing but i still enjoy myself for sure yeah. Yeah. Uh, when,
2: uh, 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 what time of the year do we have at in Idaho this year, Boise?
10: Yeah, it's it's uh, it's actually the first full week in August. So, um, our, our my week actually starts pretty pretty early. Um, I'm there Monday. I believe that's the fifth. And then the uh, we actually have, uh, our, we call it our Fish Fest, which is open to the general public, and that's Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I believe that's the 9th, 10th, and 11th, or 8th, 9th, and 10th, right in there in August. We're at the Boise yeah. Center, right in the heart of downtown Boise. If you've never been to Boise, Boise is just a remarkable uh city town and its beautiful downtown the facilities are great and we got a uh, full slate of, uh, of programs and activities getting back to youth we have a, we're going to have a youth camp a two-day youth camp Uh, That's going to be, we've got a great committee together. Actually, we're working with uh, TU chapter in Boise. Uh, So uh, we'll have um, a youth program there. We usually have anywhere from 16 to 20 uh, young people participate in that camp. So they'll they'll actually, um, our headquarters will be at the Boise Center, but they'll be transported out to um, a local lake. Uh, where they'll they'll learn everything. they'll learn about bugs, they're going to learn about uh, fly tying and casting, and more impo- most importantly, they're going to be out there catching some fish
1: mm-hmm. Well, apparently you live up around uh, Coeur d'Alene, which is one of the most beautiful places in the world. At Boise, you know it's, it's right on the snake and there's again, within an hour from there, you've got just a tremendous
10: fisheries. You do. So, yeah, the Boise River is a wonderful fishery itself, right through the middle of town.
1: Frank, we've never had anybody from Boise on. Let's work on that.
10: Oh,
2: I've got three buddies there in Boise, and my whole other side of the family on my wife's side lives all around there. Okay. So I'll see you there.
10: All right? Very good.
1: No, no, no. Um, Len, we've only got about, a, about one minute left, uh, but is there any little um, there tips that you can talk to people that are interested in getting to fly fishing?
10: Yeah, you know what? Uh, I, I think sometimes fly fishing gets a bad name. People assume that it's uh, pretty expensive, but it's not. Uh, it's really not. You can go into any of the uh, major retailers and a lot of the a lot of great fl- fly shops as well, and uh, you can you can get introduced to fly fishing pretty pretty economically these days. You don't have to you don't have to go to the bank. Um, it's pretty easy to, to get involved. Uh, I would suggest people get connected with a local club. Uh, a lot of cl- most clubs have introduction of fly fishing classes. And that's the, that's the quickest way uh, to learn and uh, meet folks. I always say when, when, if you're introducing kids, it's always good to get the parents involved as well because uh, the parents will, uh, will sense the enthusiasm of their kids. And uh, and then they'll want to support those kids by by helping them buy, you know, inexpensive gear and, and getting them started in the sport. So
1: well, one one other thing, if I can comment, when people think of fly fishing, of course you think of the movie. Um, uh, river runs through it, and it's beautiful. I mean, those long casts, you know, the you know the line flying around in the air. Um, but uh, I have a problem with trees. <laughs> but you've uh, <laughs> always but rolled cast. There's exactly there's a lot of different ways uh, to fly fish. I mean, nymphing where you just you know, drag it along. Um, you don't even have to throw it. You just drop it in the water. So That's don't right. don't be intimidated, and go to uh, that website again. <laughs> Lynn?
10: It's uh flyfishers international dot org, okay. dot org.
1: We gotta yeah. go. Thank you guys. Uh, stay in there, Frank, and I appreciate that Lynn. Mystery Tackle Box is the most fun and affordable way to discover new lures every month. Select your target species and select your subscription length. Get your box delivered. Catch more fish. It's that easy. Offering fresh and salt water, we've partnered with Fish Talk to get you a great deal. Use the promo code FISHTALK for $10 off your first subscription. Mystery Tackle Box is the original monthly lure subscription service. In fact, we've been told that it feels like Christmas once a month, and you can get started for as little as 15 bucks a month. Go to mysterytacklebox.com today. That's mysterytacklebox.com and start getting your packages every month. This is John and I believe in Mystery Tackle Box. Go to MysteryTackleBox.com, mention Fish Talk, get a special deal, and get the packages coming every month. You will be looking
11: forward to it.
3: you're the best Never seen you with a fish on here. Got a pole and a big old there, Never seen you get him wet Get him away Can't get fish in the in the water. Oh. Can't fish in the water. Take that old it in Can't fish in the, in the water.
0: Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Henneken. This is John Hedigan, and this is Fish Hunt
1: Talk Radio. And then we also have Frank Selby on the line with us. Hey, Frank. Yeah. Um, hey, all right, here we go. This is John, and we have Gary Bordner. Is that correct, Gary? Bordner. Can you spell it?
2: Borger, yeah. Mm-hmm. Borger.
1: hmm B-O-R-D?
2: No, it's G as in girl. B-O-R-G, That's right. That's right.
1: I don't know why did that. Frank, you <laughs> screwed me up.
2: I set you up. Yeah, you set me. Up. Hey, hey, Gary. Yeah, uh, you, you you've done. I God for years. The 3M. Then you did your own company. Now you're running the new books and new videos or CD CDs, whatever you call them. Uh, you uh, did you just do some fishing last week? No, I didn't do any fishing last week. I was working on my house last week. Oh. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. You know, up here in Vancouver, Washington, it rains a
4: lot.
2: (laughs) So When
1: it's raining, I'm working on my house. There you go. You must get a lot of work done up there.
2: (laughs) It it, it
1: is. it is a beautiful place, but it's green and there's a reason for that.
2: (laughs) That's right. He almost has webbed feet
1: now. (laughs) uh, Uh, Well, with all that water, there's got to be some great fishing.
2: There is some very good fishing up here. Really good. Gary, I got one quick question before we really get going. Sure. Okay. Have you ever heard of a black salmon? A black salmon? Yes. Yeah. Well, the uh, co-host, um, the uh, I'm sorry, the king salmon actually has a couple of different subspecies, and they come in at different times of the year. Oh. There's a there's a salmon that comes in in the spring here in this area which they call springers or, or spring chinooks, mm-hmm. and they're the classic silver ones that turn turn red when they get older. Right. There's an another species that comes in, not, not a species of variety, that comes in in the fall, and they tend to turn black rather than to turn the red color. Oh. And so that's probably what they're referring to as the black salmon. So they, they, that.
1: They've, uh, they're getting ready to spawn, or they've already spawned?
2: Yeah, they're getting ready to spawn, and when they first come in, they're sort of an olive color. Then they eventually turned a dark black color. Hmm. That's the kind, that's the uh, subspecies that was planted in the Great Lakes. Oh, now I know. I was, I thought they were coho, but I wasn't for sure in the coho family. Okay, oh, the other kings. things, the other kings. Hmm. Yeah, the kings. Yeah. No, it's, a, yeah, oh. it's, a, it's a Chinook, yeah. Could you give your website, uh, and then we'll get to asking you questions about uh, roll casting, puddle casting, and stuff like that? Oh, sure. Yeah, my website is just my name, Gary, G-A-R-Y, Orger B as in boy, O-R, G as in girl, E-R, dot com. And, uh, perfect. Uh, Gary, uh, so you uh, have did so many videos on casting and everything, but what's the best age to start teaching children to fly fish? What you think? Well, I, yeah, I think that depends upon their, their desire to do it, uh, not so much on your desire to do it. Um, you know, little kids love to catch fish. Jason, my son, caught his first trout by himself at the age of two and a half, and you know he was he was, he was hooked. I mean, that's all there was to it. But you know, that's had, because he had a great dad. <laughs> yeah. If if the uh, if children like to catch fish, you know, just let them catch anything. It doesn't matter what they catch. Just because it's a good thing to get them into the out of doors mm-hmm. and get associated with the concept of fishing and being out there with dad or with mama. Uh, you know, those are just wonderful times and wonderful childhood memories. Yep. Many of them be, go on to become adult fishers, and some don't. So I think it just depends on, on uh, you know, their own personal preference. And I don't think we should ever try to mold them into fishermen. But if they really show desire for it, then we should support that as much as we can mm-hmm. and as much as they desire to do it. Yeah.
4: Well,
1: and again, uh, don't get the misconception that you have to be able to throw it 90 or 100 feet, uh, you know, and bring it back and fling it out. Uh, there's a lot of different ways that to uh, be successful at fly fishing. And, you know, generally speaking, um, when you're fly fishing, they're probably swimming around your legs. Yeah,
2: <laughs> in some places they are. Yeah, they are bluegills and so on.
1: Yeah, but uh, yeah. you know, just just you know, there's you know when you're nymph fishing, you know it's it's difficult because you know you really have to pay attention and learn when the fish are you know trying to take your fly because it you know. And that is the technique, and it takes a lot of practice. And you've got to pay very close attention to be able to know when to set the hook. Um, or you just yank it up every once in a while, and sometimes you get lucky. <laughs> but uh, I don't know how many times I've, I've, I've pulled the line uh, uh, to recast, and, and, a, and a fish
2: grabbed it. A lot of times if the fly moves, mm-hmm. the fish, you know, the fish sees the fly coming and all of a sudden it moves and that triggers their chase instinct and they'll take the fly strongly. Yeah. There was a technique, de- technique developed by a guy back in Pennsylvania in the uh, 1930s. His name was Big Jim Lysingring, And that was his technique. He would swing the fly, but he would set it up such that the fly started to swing right when he had anticipated it would be in front of the fish. And he caught a lot of big fish doing that. Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting technique. The, the, the fly drifts, dead drift, but then it swings at the end, and usually he would catch them right just to start to mm-hmm. swing.
1: Yeah. Yep. Well, for me, it's just a surprise. I go pull the line up, and I go, holy smokes, there's a fish on there.
2: <laughs> well, just remember don't say holy smoke, go, oh, another one.
4: Another one, there you go. <laughs>
2: Not supposed to act surprised, see, because if you act surprised, then they don't count.
4: Uh, yeah. You're
2: supposed to act like you did that intentionally.
1: No, no. for me, it's usually just dumb luck. But, uh, <laughs> um, again, the, the point is, is that you don't have to be able to throw it that far. And then we haven't even talked about uh, saltwater, which is becoming extremely uh, popular. Do you want to comment on that?
2: Well, saltwater fly fishing... Started out basically with tarpon and, and bonefish and permit, and saltwater flats kind of fish. It's progressed into all sorts of areas now. People are catching marlin and they're catching uh, sailfish and doing that in a very dramatic kind of way now. So it's gone from flats fishing to the to the open water fishing.
1: Mm-hmm, the blue one. and
2: uh, there's all kinds of all kinds of species that you can catch in the, on a fly rod in the ocean. Just mm-hmm. many, many different kinds.
1: Well, one of the things. But is, one thing. If, go ahead
2: one of the things about ocean fishing is that you do have to be able to cast at least sixty or seventy feet. If you can do that then you can you can catch a lot of lot more fish than if you can't because mm-hmm. you got to remember the ocean's a large area.
1: Well you don't have to worry about
2: it move around.
1: You don't have to worry about any trees boom
2: <laughs> <laughs> but you know,
7: uh,
1: but, uh, you know what I you know the generally speaking when you're fly fishing you're you're teasing them up. And you know technically you're not supposed to be trolling a fly, so you know you'll you'll troll with a with a teaser or a bait, uh, and then when uh, you know it's like rooster is very popular, and you can actually see them coming right after the bait, so you just yank the uh, teaser out of the line and throw your fly in front of them, and and they they look around and go oh there it is.
2: Yeah, that's a technique that they use on in the blue water for marlin, or marlin mm-hmm. especially. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: But uh yeah or you know whether you're fishing for polywogs in a mud puddle it's <laughs> but,
2: but uh Oh John that's what we did when we were kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah there you go. <laughs> well, hey I, well, let's get back to a little bit of puddling casting and stuff like that oh, please, and please. I, please. All right. I I I like that Highland lift that you did on your uh, the second tape. I think it was at three m. They call it a bunch of different things now. I think they you're talking about the Leisingring lift. Yes. Yeah, that was a, that's a technique uh, that the Jim Leisingring developed. Yeah, Uh, back in Pennsylvania for catching big fish. He he spent a lot of time looking for fish, and when he'd find a big fish, he would set himself up such that the fly would drift into the fish's face, and when it got right there, then he would just hold the line still and let the fly swing back up toward the surface, and that usually triggered the fish's chase instinct, Mm -hmm. and they would take the fly very strongly. One of the things that a lot of people don't understand is that Fish don't always just take a fly that's dead drifting. They will take moving flies also. And so even the dry fly fishing, if you fish a dry fly sort of down and across rather than straight across or straight down, let it dead drift for a while over what you think where a fish might be, and then let it swing. A lot of times they'll pick it up when it starts to swing rather than when it's just dead drifting. Mm -hmm. And that's a technique you can use with nymphs. You can use it with dry flies. You can use it with streamer flies. You can use it with all sorts of things. And, and many times, people will be wading across the river just letting their line hang downstream and they'll catch a fish. And that's okay. because the flies seem to just hanging in the water, dragging along. So well, oh, it's a technique that we can add to our that we can add to our fishing kit. You know, just okay. letting the fly swing sometimes can be very effective.
1: Hey Gary, uh, we're just about uh-huh. out of time, but uh, we're going to take a three-minute break here at about thirty seconds. But we've got a couple of minutes when we come back. Would you mind hanging around and uh, continuing on the conversation? Okay. Okay. I'll, that'll be fine. Okay, and uh, it's GaryBorgner.com.
10: GaryBorger.com, yeah. There's yeah. no N in it. Burger. Borger. Yep. Kind of okay.
1: like, like burger. Yep. That's be, it. be burger with an Gary O. Gary Borger. No. That's it. No. There you go. Now you got it. No, no, let's get it right. It's like burger, B-O-R-G-E-R, right? That's correct. Okay, so it's a burger with a, with an O. Gary Burger. Borger. Uh, um, check it out. Okay, we're going to have to take a break. You are listening to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. Go to our website.
3: By the way you look, water never sees you up. He's a great American fisherman. he would fish anywhere, anywhere there's water. Lord knows he'd be there. He's just like a gypsy, mighty hard to hold. A great American fisherman, got fishing in his soul.
0: Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Henneken This is John Hennigan. And we also have Frank. And we
1: got Gary Borgner on the line. co-host, and we have Gary Burger on the line with us. Gary b o r g e r B-O-R-G-E-R.com. And, hey, Frank, would you do me a favor? Sure. I just had something to come up, so I'm going to bail. Would you mind finishing up with Gary?
2: No problem.
1: Okay, hey, Gary. and uh, make sure everybody out there goes to Fish Hunt Talk Radio or fishtalkradio.com right on the front page. Uh, you can listen to our show as many times as you want in case you missed something or if you want to go to per- a previous show. But uh, anyway, I'm going to run. Thank you very much, Frank, and uh, oh. Gary will be in touch.
2: Okay. Hey, Gary. We were getting All ready right? to talk about puddling, casting, and high lifting. Sure. Why don't we finish up with that? With, a, with some kind of a, you mean the puddle cast, you mean? The puddle the puddle? <laughs> yeah, where all that lines down there you showed me years ago, I still use oh, that. Sure. It works perfect. Well, it's a technique that was, has been developed to allow the fly fisher to get some slack onto the water in a controlled fashion so that they can uh, compensate for drag. Drag, of course, is if you cast across a current, a straight line across a current, the current will pull the fly out of position because the current is going faster than the fly is going. The line always goes fast, the speed of the fastest current. So if you cast across a fast current and your fly lands in slow current, you will get instantaneous drag. The puddle mend allows the angler to put controlled slack on the surface so that he can minimize or eliminate drag At least long enough, we hope for the fish to have decided to fly something good to take and to rise and take the fly. So, what we do is cast the fly line high in the front. Instead of casting down toward the water or casting straight out, we aim up high, like we're aiming at the top of the trees. And as soon as we make this stop the rod at the end of the cast, the casting stroke on the forward stroke, as soon as the rod stops, you immediately drop the rod tip to the water. This causes the line to uh, stop and pull backward a little bit and then fall down to the surface in S-curves. And these, of course, add extra slack onto the surface so that the fly can drift without uh, drag setting in. It's a very, very effective technique and one which is used a lot, in, the, especially in dry fly fishing, because it gives you that good slack, uh, dead drift float. Yeah. Well, one more time, I'd like to have your uh, your uh, website real quick, and then I'll give our web. Ten minutes, okay. Ten minutes, I, I, Ten okay. Okay, okay. My yet yeah, my website is Gary G A R Y. Border B as in boy, O R G as in girl, E R dot com. Just GaryBorger dot com. Yeah, and uh, everybody out there listening, they should get his last little video is excellent on uh, techniques. What's that called? Yeah, that's the the perfect cast one. Thank you. And uh, you can get that right off his website, and a lot of local shops carry that, too.
10: That's right. So to his and hers, and they've got it.
2: Yes, I do, but I don't do that. I don't advertise my company on the air. <laughs> but I appreciate it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, we're going to have to uh, let everybody know that you're talking to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. You can listen to us anytime on the web. Uh, Okay, And I want to thank everybody out there listening And go to our website and learn And listen to it as many times as you want And I'd like to thank Gary Borgner one more time Before we go off the air Thank you, Gary Thank you, Frank
0: to fish talk hunt radio with john Henneken where we're going to cast and blast you right out of this world with some of the best hunting and fishing stories that you can't even imagine Welcome to Fish on Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan.
1: And, yeah, we've got some great stories coming up for you. We have Frank Selby on the line with us, a uh, famous international sportsman, uh, expert uh, flight guide, tying flies. He's got his and her fly shop in uh, Newport Beach, and they sell flies uh, to people Everywhere, because he 's got some unique designs, so yeah. you might want to get in touch with his and her fly shop and and maybe they'll, they 'll he might even talk to you and you know different yeah. now where're some some of the people that uh are way outside your area that
2: order flies from you. Can you give us a quick idea who that might be sure uh, I actually have people ordering all the way down to South america uh for peacock bass, I tie a bunch of different flies for them. And guess what else? What else? We do a lot of Mexico fishing, and let's talk a little bit about our fun trip we're having. Hey, that's up. a good idea.
1: Well, why don't you bring some of those flies with you? Yeah, we've got uh, a trip. Yeah. We've got a trip coming up the end of September, and uh, you know, we I think we've got it on the website now. Yes, it's uh, you know, go to Fish Hunt Talk Radio or Fish Talk Radio, and uh, when you click on Real Fun Adventures. I think it's in there somewhere. Um, 850 bucks for uh, it's uh, four nights, two days cruiser fishing, and one day doing whatever you want. Uh, and that place is—you uh, haven't been there yet, have you, Frank?
2: I used uh, the, to go years ago. Well, uh, we'd drive across there. Okay.
1: Well, Palmas de Cortez is truly a five five-star resort and yep. it is beautiful five miles of flat sandy beach um you know you get up in the morning and break it to go to the restaurant and look out over the water the boat's coming up to pick you up you just walk down the dock get on and then they bring you back in and they've got an infinity pool with a swim-up bar if you want to refresh yourself a little bit and uh, it's just a, a great thing and looks like we got a lot of uh Um, people interested in that matter of fact so many so frank that i'm going to look into doing a trip to cuba maybe this winter
2: that would be a trip i would love to go on
1: okay all right well we're going to come back and start the real show in just a couple of minutes It's a three-minute break and we're going to be right back with you
0: Great American fisherman, he'd fish
3: anywhere. Anywhere there's water, love knows he'd be there. He's just like a gypsy, mighty hard to hold. Great American fisherman got fishing in his soul.
0: Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan. And, yes, we have some great stuff going on.
1: We're going to be talking to uh, uh, Brandon about underwater fishing camera. And we've got Jeff from Able Reels. And we got Mike from uh, uh, Two Rivers. He's a guide. And he also is, uh, uh, well, Franco explained explain it to us when we get there. But pay close attention. Right now we're going to start with Brandon Austin uh, with uh, GoFish. Fishcam.com and yeah, Frank, uh, I think you, we've you've talked to Brandon before, but yeah. Brandon, welcome to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. Yeah,
12: thanks for having me back,
1: guys. Yeah, no, it's uh, you know the the way you know technology is moving, things keep changing, and the concept of an underwater camera. I mean, I I've got a GoPro, or I can't, have been able to find it for the last couple months, but I, I know I got it somewhere but uh yours is a little bit unique because it's so versatile you and you know of course you can take it out of the water and uh you know film people while they're cranking and you know but normally what you do is you drop it down well what am i talking for brandon why don't you explain
12: well, uh, so like you said, you know, it, it has some unique aspects to it, and those are mainly because the camera was specifically designed for fishing. So you attach it right on your fishing line uh, a few feet away from your lure bait that you're using, and it'll record everything happening to and around your lure bait the entire time. So you can, you know, scout what kind of fish are there, how they're reacting to lure bait, and then when you catch a fish, you get to see the whole strike, the fight, everything. And uh, right when you reel in, you can check it out on your mobile phone using the mobile app.
1: Cool. Well, one of the things that I found out by using the camera is that you're at a spot and you're doing a slow troll or you're someplace and, you know, you put your line out there and you don't get bit and you go, well, shit, there's no fish here. So let's get out of here and go somewhere else. But what you don't see is the fish that come up, look at your lure, look at your bait and say, nah, and they swim away. You never knew that was going you, you never knew that. But if you knew that you go, well I guess we've got to put a different bait on.
12: Yeah, it's uh it, you know, it's it's a great it's it's a fun product, um, to be able to capture and share the experience, the entire experience, but it's also an amazing tool just to be able to scout areas and get a little bit, you know, uh more knowledge of what was happening underwater. That is where the majority of the experience is happening anyway.
4: Mhm.
1: And what I thought about your camera was interesting is that um, apparently, now correct me if I'm wrong because I'm still learning, but when you look into the water, normally by the time they get down 30 feet, there's not much light left. But uh, from what I understand, um, fish can see um, things underwater that humans cannot. So they can, you know, they, you, you may not be able to see anything, but they can see for 300 feet uh but uh you know putting the camera down to give you an idea what's going on but what's interesting is if you put a camera down in the water and there's not enough light you're not going to get a picture of anything so comment on that
12: yeah, that's correct. Um, uh, like you were saying, fish have a lot of visibility for themselves, for what they can see even in deep dark waters, but they're only used to seeing a few different colors, and that's blue and green. Um, white light, red light, yet yellow lights. all those are the first to go as you get deeper. Um, so our camera has a built-in high-powered green LED light uh, at the front of it that you can turn on if you know you're going to be fishing in deeper, or darker waters. So it's a, it's a light that's not going to scare the fish. They're used to seeing that color. But it'll illuminate about six feet um, of uh, visibility for you. So you'll be able to still capture things underwater, even in deep waters or at night.
1: So you can see them either coming to the bait or you get to watch the fight.
12: Yeah, exactly. And what's cool about it is, um, like, I don't know if, you, if you've if you ever seen, have, like, uh, some companies will have green dock, lights where they'll have lights around their dock that are green because it attracts fish uh-huh. and same with uh, some charter boats they'll have these high-powered green LEDs that they hang off the sides of their boats right. um, to help attract fish so it, it, it also acts as a little bit of a fish attractor too and you have the light on
1: okay yeah they can say hey come over here there's bait over here there's something good to eat
2: <laughs> yeah I've got a couple things I gotta tell him it's real tough for me to throw the camera, but I have realized how many fish will follow the fly or a jig right up to it and follow it almost up to the boat.
1: Which, oh, yeah. So in and other words, you, is, is you're you're bringing it in? There's a fish behind it trying to decide, but yeah. but but you never got the bite, so you didn't even know, you never knew it was there.
2: A lot of people, I guarantee you, do not realize there's probably, in one day, 50 fish will follow it. Mm -hmm. But I started doing little tricks, and it actually helped my success rate of catching fish. Well, tell us. That's awesome. Like, when I see one following, I will dead stop sometimes, and that'll make them strike, or I'll pull a couple real fast ones, that'll make them strike.
10: But well, it's so neat.
1: Well Frank, if you if you've got on the camera now, you're it's not in real time, uh, because you cannot transmit through the water. But you know, you pull it up and you plug it into your cell phone or whatever it is and you can just see what just happened. But if the fish is following the bait or the lure and it's interested but it doesn't take the bite, what what should you do?
12: Well so what I do go ahead. I was going to say, um, well, so something that's cool about the camera is it comes with a green float accessory, which comes free with the camera. And that lets the camera float on the surface, and so because it's not underwater, you're able to live stream to it. Oh. Um, but you're only able to get a top-down view. Right. But it, it gives you about 30 feet of distance. Oh. So if you're, if you're trying to just kind of see and live stream um, kind of what's happening right around where you're fishing from, uh, it's a great tool to be able to, to, to do things like that.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I push that towards the back so the front hot, goes down in the water a little bit.
1: Right, yeah, so the camera's pointing straight down.
2: Not uh, t- straight down, but pretty close, yes. yeah.
1: But, uh, you know, and it's, it's it really, first of all, it's fun. And then when you're, you know, if you do get a hookup, and, you know, and then later on, when you're relieving the moment, you know, you see this fish underwater that's fighting you, uh, and it's not just a yank on the rod, you actually see what it's doing or trying to get away. But uh, it, it's also a tool.
12: Yeah, it's it's, and it's been too. really cool to talk to customers and kind of hear their stories of what they use it for and how they're using it, um, and and it's been really exciting just to see all the different methods of fishing that people are adopting it into and, and and their different use cases.
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah, it is small, and I have to admit that you know you got to first of all read the instructions because you know the the. Um, controls you know you unscrew it and then there's you know little switches in there and they're they have to be small so you you know you got to understand a little bit about the camera before you put it in the water but uh, once you do that you know then it, then it comes pretty easy.
12: And also, yeah, and I did. I did personally make some tutorial videos um, that are available on our website, uh, where you can see me and I just very clearly in a couple minutes show you exactly how to operate the camera and, the, and operate it with the mobile app as well.
1: That's what I need. That's what I need. Okay, I'm going to go check that out. But. Uh, um, and then, if someone is interested you know there's what is it, a GoPro runs about four hundred, but a GoPro you can stick it in the water, but you can't put it on the line but uh you what is the price of the uh, uh the fish cam
12: so we retail for two thirty nine ninety nine
1: okay, and then of course, if they call you up and ask for uh, uh, you know the Help. fish talk radio discount, I'm sure you'll take care of them.
12: Yeah, definitely. Feel okay. free to personally email me. My um, at gofishcam. dot com, and happy to. So that's Brandon uh, offer at, at that,
1: that's Brandon at gofishcam. dot com.
12: Uh, B A B A. Okay. Uh, at Yeah.
1: Okay. All right. Well, you know even. Uh, you know, say yeah, this is a good idea. But if someone's out there listening, and it's a birthday coming up, or whatever it is, and they go, "Oh man, we got to get this Father's gotta, Day." Fa- oh, Father's, Father's Day.
2: Day for sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's a great gift.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely. And they ship it out quick, and it's and it's right there. And, yeah. and then what's the? Tu- I suggest you what's the tutorial. Anyway, Brandon, we appreciate having you on once again, and uh, we'll stay in touch. And you know, GoFishCam.com is a fairly new company and you're doing a fantastic job, so we appreciate that. You are listening to fishtalkradio.com. Go to fishtalkradio.com and listen to the show right on the front page as many times as you want. You don't even have to take notes while you're listening to us. So we'll be right back. Mystery Tackle Box is the most fun and affordable way to discover new lures every month. Select your target species and select your subscription length. Get your box delivered. Catch more fish. It's that easy. Offering fresh and salt water, we've partnered with Fish Talk to get you a great deal. Use the promo code FISHTALK for $10 off your first subscription. Mystery Tackle Box is the original monthly lure subscription service. In fact, we've been told that it feels like Christmas once a month and you can get started for as little as 15 bucks a month. Go to mysterytacklebox.com today that's mysterytacklebox.com and start getting your packages every month. This is John and I believe in Mystery Tackle Box. Go to mysterytacklebox.com, mention Fish Talk, get a special deal and get the packages coming every month. You will be looking forward to it.
13: You can't catch fish. 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 No, 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 no. You can't catch fish. You can't catch fish. No, no, no. You can't catch fish. No, 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 no. I got no, a little story about a city boy. They came to Wisconsin up from Illinois so you can no, enter. The big fish contest, it's a thousand no, bucks cash for the biggest and the best, but I no, told him. Guy, you're making a mistake. You don't no, stand a chance catching fish on the slate because, no, hey, you could pray you want to wish. But let me tell you something, guy. You can't fish. I told you there, guy. No, 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 no. Can't catch fish. No, no, what do you think no, you're doing? No, no, no. Can't catch fish. No, no, for Christ's no, no, sake. No, 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 no. You can't catch fish. Go back
0: no, to no, Illinois Ken no, 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 no. Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This
1: is John Hennigan and we've got some special guests today. Of course we have Frank who obviously is special. but uh, we've talked before about Abel, which is uh, actually you know they you know we talked to their partner company. But uh, Able has been, I I didn't think they'd been around that long. But Frank says he's got an Able reel that's over 30 years old.
14: It, it's entirely possible. Our first year of business was actually 1988, but there were reels around slightly before that, before we actually went into production as a, mm-hmm. as a fly fishing reel company.
1: Mm-hmm. And you know, gosh, well, this was, was later than that. I know that uh, a lot of the very high-tech reels came out of the, you know, aerospace or the, you know, the uh, machines. Um, yeah, well, the you know the military uh, people that they have these high-end NCR machines, and you know, after the. You know, things kind of slowed down a little bit, and they, but the demand was down. They started looking around at what else they could do with that equipment. And some of the avid anglers uh, figured out that, you know, they could take a, a block of uh, uh, aircraft aluminum and, and and make uh you know make a reel out of it, which is solid one piece you know, extremely strong, extremely durable, and you know they got the equipment and they could they can produce it at a reasonable price
14: well i mean yeah that's that's how some companies came in. To moving over from uh, aerospace to whatever industry they're in now. Mm-hmm. Our case was kind of unique in that our founder, Steve Abel, uh, had a machine shop, made aerospace parts for several different companies, but was a lifelong fly fisherman himself. And he made these reels because he had the machines to do it. So yeah. these were, he made these for his own use. Yeah. And, um, you know, some of the reels Frank's talking about that are 30 years plus old uh were fish prior to our company actually going into you know incorporating as a fly fishing company in 1988 so it was a little bit of a different story how it came to be but you know steve made the quality reels to the tolerances of aerospace machine products and um had a few friends use them and uh then started getting into it and then uh the movie came out of Can I say the movie in the fly fishing industry. When a river runs through it, came out in around 1992. Um, it went bananas in the entire fly fishing industry. So, yeah. uh, we were the rare company that could not only produce a quality reel, but we could produce them in volume. You know, not massive numbers, but um, you know, good enough to kind of keep up with the market. And um, at the time, it was us and one other great company called Tibor Reels, where Billy Pates were the only ones that could make a saltwater quality fly fishing reel. And uh, gosh, they went down to Mexico and broke all kinds of world records with these able reels and kind of pioneered the blue water fly fishing world. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was on the first
2: Polaris. Yep, that was on the Royal Polaris. <laughs> yeah, I know that one well. That boat. Uh, right one question too. <laughs> I gotta ask you: Do mm-hmm. <laughs> you still have five, five or uh, plus or five minus uh, settings on the spools? I you had such a tight tolerance on that, I could not believe it. Especially when I come out of electronics, so.
14: Yeah, it, it, it's crazy. It's to the thou, man. It's it's like take a piece of paper and, and cut it in ten pieces, and that's what our tolerances are. Wow. But they have to be. If, yeah. I mean, if you have any wobble on a something like a, a wahoo or a mako shark that takes off... At 40 miles an hour, it's, it's not a good thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we wow. make the precision reels that kind of made our name in the saltwater fly fishing game. But, um, you know, freshwater reels are where we still sell more product because there's obviously more freshwater anglers than there are hey, saltwater By does. the
1: way, whatever happened to Steve? I know that he's retired, but is he retired, retired? Is What's he up to?
14: Yeah, we see him once in a while. He's, you know, he's, he's doing great. He's uh, still in some... He got over the throat. Yep, all is good. All is good. He's, uh, as we we kind of joke, he's hunting and fishing more than any of us now.
2: One question: We were at, uh, I think it was Denver, and you came out with the brown trout reel. Mm -hmm. I still have that one. he gave me right there in front of you, the one that was off-color. I still use that. I love it. I have – it's a 5.6 is what I usually put on them. Mm-hmm.
14: It sounds like you have a pretty cool collector's item there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we we made our our name with the quality of products that we came out with and the tolerances we kept, but uh, things changed quite a bit when we started doing all of the different hand faded fish graphics and our yeah, yeah. anodized colors, that uh, has kind of become, besides the quality of the reels, the actual trademark of the brand is just our ability to, to custom anodize these products. Uh, you know, even yeah. now that we're still coming out with new ones, and they're, you know, light years ahead of where they were with just how much better we've all gotten at at painting these designs. Well, but uh,
1: a, a real quick comment, if if you don't mind, Jeff, yeah, is sure they're good reels. But they sure do look good, don't they, Frank? I mean, those they are look beautiful. Good. Pieces.
0: They,
2: they look good. They work good. And you spend a little extra. But I've got buddies that's went through three reels, and I'm still using my same reel for the same kind of fishing. Nobody makes a better reel, in my opinion. And that's because Jeff was right there for
0: almost from the beginning.
2: That uh, was just about four or five years ago, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a designer or engineer
14: by any means, but uh, I, I love t- the business, and I, I started in 1992 myself, and uh, and here we are that many years later. It's uh it's very cool to see how the fly fishing industry has evolved since then. And uh you know, we've all had our ups and downs, but uh, I can honestly tell you that fly fishing has been in a growth phase for quite oh, some time Yeah, ago.
1: I mean it, it it really is. I've been doing this show for more than a couple of years, but fly fishing is, you know, first of all, fly fishing you, you mentioned the movie, well there's a lot more to fly fishing about, you know, what they did in the movie. Yeah, and you don't have to be able to throw it ninety or hundred feet. You just drop it in the water in front of you, and frequently that's where the fish are.
4: Yeah,
14: but, no, you're uh, absolutely right. Yeah. And then the fun of fighting it on a nine-foot fly rod instead of a you know a short. Conventional stick, which is fun. I've nothing against conventional and spin fishing, but taking it to the next level on a a bendable nine-foot fly rod—it's it's a whole new ball game. Well, adjust. it's
1: yeah, it's a whole different method. Yeah, you do have clutches or on the uh, on the reels now where you can set the drag once you put it on the reel, but you know it's more about. It's just a different technique. That's all, and it just takes some yep. practice. Hey, I have a good idea, uh, Frank, and yeah. Jeff. We've got a trip coming up the end of September, down to East Cape Los Bariles, and there's a lot of rooster fish down there, a lot of inshore fish, and it'd be perfect for fly fishing. Jeff, what do you do on the end of September?
14: <laughs> Sounds like I'm chasing You're rooster working. fish. There you go. Oh, yeah. I have not done that yet, as as crazy as that sounds, having lived in Southern California as long as we have. We actually relocated our Able factory to the western slope of uh, the Rockies out here in Montrose, Colorado. Um,
1: Well, I I mentioned something about fly fishing in in saltwater. When you're conventional fishing, uh, you know, there's ladyfish, needlefish, and bonita that, you know, are considered junk but boy do they fight on a they fight well on a fly rod because you're not really meat fishing but if you're looking for some wild action uh those you know those are a lot of fun
14: no. yeah yeah any of those species they turn with a conventional you know, fight to a, a whole different level on a fly rod. I mean, Franco, tell you, even Santa Ana, catch a bonita. It's, you put them on a fly rod, and it feels like you're catching a you know a big old yellowtail on a conventional rig.
1: Mm hmm. Mhm yeah there that's it, it it's fun of course, you know any kind of fishing is fun especially when you're catching but <laughs> but it just it adds another <laughs> dimension and, you know there's you know most uh, avid anglers that I know are you know they also do fly fishing you know and what I've come to learn is that the reason there's so many people doing it is because it works
2: and it's because so much fun can
14: be much more effective than bait fishing
1: mhm no, I've I've seen I've seen myself where you got a you know, conventional even with live bait and a and a fly. I don't know why, but the fish seem to prefer the fly.
14: Yep, that's true. And sometimes it goes the other way. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, <laughs> I know that for a fact, yeah. more than once. <laughs>
14: yeah.
1: Well of course Frank makes some pretty good flies, but uh um no, it's it, it is a whole different thing. Anybody that's interested, it, it, and, and as as you said, you don't have to spend a ton of money. Uh, you know, I you can start off less expensive. But one of the things that I say repeatedly is that when you're purchasing purchasing a piece of equipment, what you pay for it years later is inconsequential. Because if if you didn't spend enough money, uh, and it doesn't do what you bought it for you wasted your money and if you buy you know a piece of equipment that can be passed down to generations the initial purchase price is long forgotten
14: oh yeah especially if you have good experiences with it I mean Frank had mentioned earlier how some guys have burned through three reels since he's had his other one it's, that's the other side is if if you buy something that you know, I don't even want to use the word cheap" because that's not the right word. If you buy something that, that is just lesser quality and you have a crappy experience because of it, you're probably going to lose your interest in it yeah. and uh, whereas if you buy something right the first time, uh, you know it works well and you you fall in love with it and, okay you know, well, are well, kind Frank. of on the the high end because of the finishes that we do on the reels Oh, as,
1: they're beautiful. They're well beautiful. the machines. anyway but, we have to uh, we have to end this segment. Um, and yeah, so if we could, uh, real quickly, Jeff, Abel, A-B-L-E, I'm sure if you Google it, it's easy to find. Mm-hmm.
14: Abelreels.com, A-B-E-L-R-E-E-L-S. Okay. And you can find
1: him anywhere, but I suggest you get in touch with Jeff because uh, he'll give you a, mention mention. Uh, Frank's or my name, he'll give you 50% off. <laughs> Long pause. <laughs> anyway, but we appreciate it. You're listening to Fish on Talk there. Radio. Mystery Tackle Box is the most fun and affordable way to discover new lures every month. Select your target species and select your subscription length. Get your box delivered, catch more fish, it's that easy. Offering fresh and salt water, we've partnered with Fish Talk to get you a great deal. Use the promo code Fishtalk for $10 off your first subscription. Mystery Tackle Box is the original monthly lure subscription service. In fact, we've been told, that it feels like Christmas once a month. And you can get started for as little as 15 bucks a month. Go to mysterytacklebox.com today. That's mysterytacklebox.com and start getting your packages every month. This is John and I believe in Mystery Tackle Box. Go to mysterytacklebox.com, mention Fish Talk, get a special deal, and get the packages coming every month. You will be looking forward to it.
13: With a bunch no. of fancy gear crape sticks, you know and lures no. every style type and ties if you think no. that'll help you in for a surprise cause money no. can't buy skill you know the guys no. and me we can catch a mad will against shat no. rap you ain't no match fish are no. just something that you can't catch no, 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 for crying no, out loud no, guy no, no, you can't catch fish no, 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 no. No, no, no. You can't catch fish no, 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 no. You can't catch fish no, 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 no. You can't catch fish no,
7: no, 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 no. Felt a tug on the line And I didn't pay attention spinning way too fast Before I knew it I was staring at a 10 pound shiny bass When I tried to pull the fish inside I pulled a muscle in my upper thigh I was so sad my
0: rod in the air. Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan,
1: and we have uh, Frank Shelby, of course. And we've got a very interesting guy. I just tried to talk to him off air, but I'm a little confused. So we're going to bring Mike Call. And, 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 how do you pronounce your last name, K-A-U-L?
2: That's uh, just like a telephone call.
1: Okay, all right, Mike Call, uh, and he's with Two Rivers Fishing Company in Wyoming, but a lot more than that. So, Mike, could you give us an idea, just kind of some basic background about yourself and what you've done and what you're doing now?
2: Sure, be happy to. I grew up in this area. This is uh, Pine Dale, Wyoming. We're at the foot of the Wind River Mountains, and. Uh, have two uh, pretty famous streams that uh, come out of the mountains there. The Green River, we're at the headwaters of the Green River, where it starts, and the New Fork River, two of our large stream fisheries that uh, we can float and produce some real fine fishing. And then we have a lot of other uh, streams that come out of the Wind River Mountains, smaller streams that fish very well. Jen, we're, we're located about uh, 75 miles south and east of Jackson Hole in Yellowstone Park. So that Be- gives beautiful, you a little bit
4: yeah.
2: beautiful country out here. Uh, we're on the quiet side of Wyoming, though. <laughs> we're, uh, we're away from the maddening crowds up there. And uh, as I said, I grew up in this area, and uh, uh, came back here after a military for 20 years. Uh, so you're, basically,
1: uh, basically, you're down in cowboy country then, right?
2: I'm in cowboy country, you bet. All right. He is a cowboy. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you, you,
1: you, 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 you chaw a backy and, and to go to the honky-tonks and get in fights?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, we uh, we don't. That's uh, overflowing there. <laughs> but anyway. I wanted to, I wanted to ask you one question before we get going, really quick. Now you are setting up. You get to go out and fish a river and tell them, tell the owners what they can do with it. Is that correct? Is that putting it in simple terms?
1: Yeah, that's right, Frank. Well, yeah, Mike, why don't you explain that, because I'm, I'm a little confused about what that's all about. So please please, please, lead us through it about what you do and why.
2: Well, uh, really, it's a ploy for me to be able to fish some new and good water. You know, to uh, conduct a survey, you have to know what the fish are biting and what they're biting on and the tactics. So. Uh, It's a dirty job, but somebody's got to do it. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, you always got the dirty jobs. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Uh, I'm almost ashamed of myself, but uh, it's it's something I've always been interested in and participated in. I know a lot of landowners that have fishable water. And some of them don't know quite what to do with it. Uh, uh, I help them maybe uh, uh, use it as a source of revenue, additional revenue for a ranch uh, operation. Uh, also people that have just bought ranches and they really don't know, uh, what their water, uh, is like, what it, uh, can be and, uh, help them, uh, if they want it for their own enjoyment, uh, make the fishing better. And, uh, uh being a casting instructor and a guide, uh, um, able to, to kind of help them a little bit to enjoy their own property. So uh, that's basically what I'm doing. I'm acting as a, a consultant, I guess you'd call it. uh, for people that have good fishable water uh, on their ranches or lands, and uh, uh, help them develop it a little bit.
1: Well, now when you help develop it, are you talking about habitat, are you talking about fish plants, or what does that mean?
2: Yeah, uh, both of those. Uh, you know, we look at the habitat to see if maybe there's something they can do to improve uh, some of their holding water on a ranch. And certainly if they want to, uh, I call it, what people call fish planting, I call it enriching the waters
1: with okay, fish. there you go. <laughs>
2: And uh, uh, tell them what might work good on their properties in terms of trout species uh, that would do well there and how to maintain uh, the the streams or, in a lot of cases, people have trophy ponds.
1: Right. Well, that's a whole different thing, Um, because if you're putting, if you're introducing uh, enhancing the fisheries in in the river, they're just going to swim away, right?
2: Well, not if you have good holding water. That's the thing. Fish will stay in water that uh, is a good condo for them. If they've got good condos, they tend to stay there. Mm-hmm. And certainly they fish travel up and down streams. But uh, uh, for the most part, uh, planting uh, live water uh, can be very productive. And like, say, if you've got good habitat for them or create good habitat for them, why, the fish will stay there, but they will.
1: Well, I, I have a question that just popped into my head, and that's about the hatcheries that that's where you have to buy the fish from. Um, right. You know, normally you know, it's like, you know, the, the California uh, Fish and Game or Fish and Wildlife, excuse me. You know, they'll buy fish from uh, hatcheries, and basically, it's usually rainbow trout. But you, ha- is there an ability to to get different uh, subspecies of? Uh, uh,
2: yes, uh, there sure is, and we have the hatcheries. Commercial hatcheries we work with uh, are certified by the state of Wyoming. So uh, uh, right off the top, they're very careful to make sure these hatcheries uh, don't uh, have any disease like whirling disease or something like that in the fish. And we uh, primarily run the trout species out here in the hatchery. We have rainbow trout, brown trout, brook trout. Uh, cutthroat trout. Uh, a couple of species of those, uh, the uh, Colorado River cutthroat, which is indigenous here to the mm-hmm. Green River drainage where mm-hmm. we are. And then you have the Snake River cutthroat that obviously is in that Snake River area, uh, Yellowstone, and the uh, Bear River cutthroat. So we have four subspecies of cutthroats that we put into different places. And the uh, what they try to do, though, the game and fish is to make sure that they place these cutthroat trout in their home waters, where they were indigenous to begin with. Mm-hmm. So there's a process we have to follow uh, along there. So that's uh, basically where we get our fish. Uh, we got about five or six different vendors that are certified. And uh, depending on what their specialty are, uh, we uh, we use those vendors and then bring the trout in and uh, place them in either ponds or live stream situations depending mm-hmm. on the situation.
1: Well, a, a question for you. Um, when you're fishing for bass, you know, just putting any kind of structure in the water will enhance the fisheries. But in a river or stream for trout, what can you, you add boulders or what, what can you do uh, to increase the, you know, the...
2: Yeah, uh, uh, basically you're, you're looking for cover. All fish like to have some kind of a cover uh, their home. and uh, in a live situation we look at uh, things like uh, making the holes a little deeper
4: Mm. so
2: that they can go down uh, a little deeper in the water where there's less current and feed Uh, we uh, plant willows along some stretches so they have uh, some cover a bank cover and uh, you're right we put some structure in something like boulders or uh, log structures to uh, again uh, make the holes deeper, give them a little cover, those kind of things. So you can enhance live water pretty well. Fortunately out here our streams are free-stone or free-flowing. So we have a lot of natural holes that are developed just because of the runoff that we have every spring. It uh, presents some new gravel in some places, uh, makes some deep cuts under banks and others. So we have a lot of natural cover on these streams that are on these ranches, but there are. Well,
4: mm-hmm.
1: oh, that's interesting. I uh, never thought of anybody going into business to, you know, to go to private property to enhance their uh, fisheries. So the, the ranchers, what they'll oh, do then is they'll just charge admission um, yeah, to be able uh, to fish. Yeah, the
2: it. ranchers uh, will, will have rod fees. Uh, you know, when I owned the fly shop, I had a lot of what I call private lease water that were on ranches. And I worked with the ranchers, and uh, we would provide them a raw fee for uh, our clients that uh, go on their properties. And uh, it's another just source of revenue for them, Uh, Mm -hmm. but it is. And uh, we, uh, like, say, a lot of my deals were personal deals because I've known these people for a long time. I've worked in the area on ranches, and uh, that's one important thing you have to be careful of is uh, not abusing, say, the, the ranch operations. Are abusing their land, and mm-hmm. uh, so there's uh, a lot of uh, personal contact. Oh yeah, yeah, because you know you uh, can't people.
1: go on a ranch and leave the gate open and you know throw trash around. Somewhere. That's right. Yeah. The,
2: the cows get out, and you don't fish there anymore. Yeah. Hey Mike, You're I got right. one question to ask you. Okay, when do you need an assistant? <laughs> I want I want, a, I want a job with you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I tell you what, Frank, I could probably use one, but you you're gonna have to get a little thicker blood because it's a little chilly up here. In oh man, you know? yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. I, maybe I could assist you in the winter. You can come up and assist me in the summer. Maybe that would be our deal. There you go. There you go. I got a great you go. idea. You you come out here in the winter, and then I'll come back there in the summer. There you go. Uh,
1: anyway, Mike, Mike we're gonna—we're just about out of time, uh, but we didn't talk about the guiding aspect of it. Uh, we have to go to a break, but we'll have a few minutes after, if you don't mind hanging in there and uh, continue with us for a few minutes.
2: You bet, be happy
1: to. Right, and uh, you've been out in the. Are you out in the water right now?
2: No, I'm setting up on a hill so I can get the cell reception.
1: All right, thanks, buddy. <laughs>
2: I've just dropped some screens.
1: There you go. Okay, well, we're going to be right back with Fish Hunt Talk Radio. Go to our website, Fish Hunt Talk Radio, fishtalkradio.com, and you can listen to the show as many times as you want. And, you know, check out some of our trips. We're thinking about putting some great stuff together. We're just talking to Frank about maybe this winter doing something to Cuba. Anyway, uh, Mike, we'll be right back. Frank, don't go anywhere.
3: I walk it. Sally and Buddy McKenzie live up in Boston. Been together over 35 years. They've had their ups and downs, go rounds been tempted to stay so long. But their love is too good to be gone. Yeah, their love. It's, too good. It's, it's a disputable thing, but bastards came. Yeah, bastards came.
7: Slapping in the water I pulled it right
4: out
0: Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Henneken
1: This is John Hennigan and of course we have Frank Selby and we have Mike K-A-U-L which call. is uh, pronounced "call." It's like, uh, call me whatever you want. Just don't call me late for dinner, right, Mike?
2: That's yeah, got it. John. You got it. <laughs>
1: but uh, you know, we we're talking about you know his his area of enhancing private fishing waters, which is extremely interesting. But you're also a guide, Mike. Let's talk a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, I uh, over the years uh, have uh, operated a fly shop and guided out of it, and I'm certified casting instructor through the uh, International Federation of Fly Fishers. So uh, I do a lot of guiding and instructing, and have over the years. And,
1: and that website, I wrote something down. Uh, river checking. What is is that a website?
2: Oh, oh uh, no. Uh, the uh, the website is. Uh, the uh, Two Rivers Fishing Company. Oh,
1: that's right, Two Rivers Fishing Company. Okay, so that's yeah. that's where, that's probably the best way to start and get in touch with you through that?
2: Exactly. Okay. Uh, that would be the best way, and, and uh, located here in Dale, and uh, like I said, I'm affiliated with them now. I sold my business to them mm-hmm. here in Dale, and I still have a lot of clients that I've fished for 15, 20 years that, that come back and, and fish with me, and so I, I uh, guide my uh, personal clients plus uh, do a lot of uh, teaching. Uh, we have uh, classes here through a board of cooperative education for the county. Uh, we have uh, beginning intermediate class, and then uh, our most popular is the ladies-only class. Oh. We fill that up uh, every year. Uh, it includes lunch as well, and so it's, uh, it's really a, a nice thing to introduce a lot of young ladies and old, uh, mature ladies as well uh, to the fly fishing sport. So that's one of our big, uh, well, big instructional a, a programs. Well,
1: i just Apparently uh, the fastest-growing part of fishing is lady anglers.
2: Absolutely. And it is huge.
1: And from what I understand, I've been told, that uh, actually women have a little bit of an advantage come to fly fishing because men tend to want to overpower, where women, first of all, they'll listen to, to, to the instructions.
4: That's
2: their key thing. Right there, they listen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the only time. <laughs> you know, we all think we, if you swing it harder, hit it harder, it's going to be better. Yeah. So the ladies have no preconceived notion of power application, so mm-hmm. they do really well. Uh, plus, they have a sense of timing, tempo, and rhythm. You know, ladies like to dance, and, and uh, you know, you can apply that to the casting stroke as well.
1: Yeah. Well, a lot of trips, you know. You know, the guys go fishing, so what's the woman going to do? Heck, you know, <laughs> she should go fishing, too.
2: <laughs> That's correct. That's correct. But it's a big secret. Besides, besides that,
1: after after you cook over the campfire, somebody's going to do the dishes, right?
2: Uh, that, that's going to be the guys now. Yeah. That's right.
1: yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so, but you 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 are still guiding. And, I'm still uh,
2: actively guiding. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's uh, and I'm a weight fish guide. I'm not much of a sailor, so I do uh, a lot of uh, walking weights. That's my favorite uh, uh, pastime. Uh, I like to take my time, hunt the fish. Uh, see the rise, put the right bait on, and make a strike up. That's uh, for me. Walk wading is a nice, easy, leisurely way to, mm-hmm. to fish.
1: Mm-hmm. So you just get in the water and just kind of walk down, watching the water.
2: That's it. That's it. That's more like hunting, I think. All
1: right. Well, we're going to have to get out of here, but one quick tip from you, Mike, is when you're doing a walking, what is it you're looking for? You're probably not going to see the fish, but where do you look for to throw the fly?
2: Well, uh, look for holding areas in the water where there's likely places for the fish to be. So
1: that would be downstream behind a rock or what?
2: Well, yeah, the, the, uh, in, in good deep troughs, behind a rock, behind some structure. Uh, maybe where you get a nice riffle coming into a deep hole, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, that's the first tip off. Then to watch that and try to watch them start taking naturals in that, that particular vicinity.
1: And that's uh, Mike Call at Two Rivers Fishing dot com.